hey here's my version of, of a new entirely new podcast it will be called one man slow because it will be probably and it will most likely be hosted by only me and the mo- most of the time I will talk so it will be a one man show I'm not entirely sure that's the proper way to podcast or that it will be interesting enough but it is what it is so there are no penalties if you do not listen but I sure hope to uh, to produce uh, content that is good enough for listeners to enjoy and to just hear uh, out some other perspectives and it will not be short most of the time and I am not looking to provide some form of entertainment it is just a way I look at certain things and most of all the way I look at basketball and some stuff I'm into and the way I perceive that reality that surrounds us in the world of mostly European basketball so that is what it is of course this podcast will be in English entirely I'm sorry if sometimes I will not find proper words because my vocabulary is not on the level that I would like it to be but I hope that it will be listenable if that is a word and I'm not sure it is so uh, for the first topic I would like to talk about uh, the youth basketball the youth basketball movement uh, in Europe and uh, mostly in Serbia because Serbia is the country I cover and is the country I live in and I have the best knowledge about Serbia in comparison to other European countries of course I try to follow as much as I can all the other countries that are uh, famous for their youth basketball such as Spain Lithuania etc France of course but it's hard so I will concentrate mostly on Serbia this time uh, what I want to talk about in uh, youth basketball is uh, the way it is perceived from the people who are inside uh, what I noticed the most because only recently if I can say that have I be- begun to uh, be involved more in youth basketball of course I have always followed uh, it uh, just uh, but just the top teams top players top prospects and I was not involved that much in some under the radar players teams the way they played systems uh, you know just the projection of players and where will they land in professional basketball of course I knew what I fought and I saw a lot of top prospects but I didn't follow uh, the prospects who were under the radar as much and that is now uh, changed and I'm trying to to watch as many games as I can of course live and there are just a couple of things 
I have noticed. First of all, I think that people who are involved in it, who are day after day in that, and when I say that, I mean the coaches who coach the players, I mean the parents who are clearly 100% in that, and all the other things, you know, like society, that micro-society that surround the players and their families and their friends and their girlfriends, you know, all of that makes for a world, for a reality that is probably not as close to the real basketball professional reality as they would like it to be. Because, you know, uh, people who are in that 100% fail to understand that that system, that type of basketball, that age group exists only and if we are talking about, of course, if we are talking about professional prospects, if we are talking about just hanging out, uh, meeting new people, uh, finding new friends, of course, that is something else. But we are talking about professional basketball prospects or prospects for professional basketball, if that's probably a better way to put it. That youth basketball, under 16, under 17, under 18, under 19, or even under 20 basketball exists just so that the players who play in that system, and of course every player must go through that system at least for uh, one age or two age groups, you know, even if they jump uh, through one age or two, they will always, of course, play in the system. Uh, every player just needs to learn how to play basketball, to develop, and to be the best professional basketball player they can. Not to be the best youth basketball player they can. And sometimes that is forgot. And it looks like it's the same. And it looks like the paths are the same, but they are not. Because sometimes in the training process, you have to make decisions uh, for development of player, whether he is going to do something in practice that will not make him better now for a game or two or the next opposition, but to make him better for his entire career and for his professional career and for his skills that will translate to professional basketball. Not the skills that will translate to this level and give him the, the opportunity to be dominant against his age group. That is the main problem I see in youth basketball in general and of course in youth basketball in Serbia. Players uh, and their coaches and their parents are too caught up in uh, those small rivalries. You know, because of course when you play against teams uh, five, 
six times in a season and you are close in terms of quality rivalries will uh, be born out of it and I see players and I see parents which is probably even more important uh, getting absolutely fired up at those games losing their mind over some uh, calls by the referees or some missed shots and I don't think that is uh, the best way for them to, to realize uh, what is the most important thing in that competition, in that season, in that off-season. You know, it's not the most important thing to win against your rival. Of course, it uh, is a part of a mental toughness. You know, of course, you don't want your players uh, to be just uh, guys who are not interested in winning. Of course, that part is important but it's not the most important part at that level it's probably one of the most important parts in professional basketball but the coaches the players and the parents must realize that in order for their kid to become a professional basketball player they must understand what is the priority on that level and the priority is not to have the best statistical game or to win against your rival or the person you hate the most in that age the most important thing and the priority should be to develop your skills and if you are a bad ball handler to improve your ball handling if you're a bad shooter to improve your shooting and to work on that in practice and to work on that in games because if you know uh, people uh, kids are sometimes a little bit too self-conscious at that age and even though they do something great in practice uh, when the game comes they are not able to repeat that same drill or that same move it doesn't matter if it's a post-up move or it is an iso or a spot-up shooting it's not important every move is hard to repeat in the game if you are not accustomed to it but if you have an environment that uh, supports you and tries to explain to you that if you that it is okay to fail if it's a movement towards progress and towards development and that is the most important thing because if you do not allow your players to fail in games they will continue to develop as good players for training and they will do all those things in training but they will not be able to translate it to games and that is the most important thing because even though the training is the foundation of sports it doesn't really matter if you cannot do those things in games it, it sounds 
simple but sometimes it's forgot on the way because sometimes people say oh he's a great player you should see him in practice he does this he does that he has great ball handling and okay i trust them but when i watch that particular player in a game i see none of that so uh, either the kid is scared or he he doesn't know how to show it in games or or the system the team plays in is not right for those skills or the coach doesn't approve of that kind of decision making you know maybe he doesn't want his player to shoot a free that is far from the free point line or maybe he doesn't want his player to drive to the basket as much you know everything uh, uh, about that is wrong if it's not meant to be translated to games and if it is not a skill that will help those players become good professional basketball players the other thing i do not like about uh, the projections uh, given by people who are 100 percent in youth basketball is they usually do not watch professional basketball as much as they should because their time is organized that way that uh, it is almost entirely ate up by youth basketball whether it's under 12 under 14 under 16 under 18 and you know that is not i cannot say that's wrong for that type of basketball but but if your goal is to make a professional basketball player and to help him develop skills that will translate to professional basketball how can you know what is going on and what is the best way for him to become a professional basketball player if you do not watch a lot of professional basketball because you know uh, you 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 lose your grip on uh, reality of things and usually the top prospects play against inferior competition because they are much better than their age group but if you want to know if that kind of basketball can translate you have to watch a lot of professional basketball because uh, they're uh, better defenders in professional basketball they are longer tougher uh, stronger you know the passes that go through in youth basketball cannot go through in professional basketball because uh, the coaches are mostly not all of them but mostly better so they have their defensive systems their offensive systems you have to play a lot better defense so you have to uh, put in more energy because you know it's not the same if you can just ease up in defense and you can always give your best in offense when you're playing against inferior competition but what happens when you have to play 120 percent in defense and you have to give your all in offense 
you know so that tires you a much much on a much much faster uh, pace than in youth basketball so all of those things and of course the measurements because the measurements that are dominant in youth basketball are mostly average in professional basketball so what is your skill and what do you do so good that will be enough to succeed in beating a player who has the same measurements as you have because that is not an environment you are accustomed to you're accustomed to uh, going against players who are inferior both in athleticism measurements you know so you have to develop a skill that will be good enough to be dominant against the players who look and uh, are just as strong as you are and to know that to understand that to understand what kind of roles professional teams want you have to watch professional basketball and a lot of scouts a lot of coaches do not watch enough of it to be realistic in their assessment of the level their prospects are because you know you have a lot of players who uh, are dominant ball handlers in youth basketball who shoot 20 or 30 times a game they have 5 to 10 turnovers and they score let's say about 20 25 points per game in average but does that type of uh, game type of role they're accustomed to translate to professional basketball what happens when that player that young player gets in a good professional team and they want him to just play five or ten minutes a game for start and to be safe with the ball to make good decisions uh, not to overdo it not to uh, lose the ball not to make a lot of turnovers and just to make the system work to know the place and to know when and where to find your teammates you know because that those players are not ready for that type of basketball because they they their whole uh, their whole thing their whole uh, mojo uh, swag you put it the way you want to put it but their whole game depends on them having the ball 70% of time 80% of time 90% of time and that is just not realistic in professional basketball they need to learn how to play off the ball and to be useful to their teams even when they are not scoring 20-25 points a game so as a result of that we have a lot of players who were underused who were uh, under underused in uh, youth level who were underrated uh, because they didn't have elite stats and but their game was 
even on that level, the way they played the game in under-16, under-18 basketball was uh, a lot more easier to translate to professional basketball than their colleagues, their teammates who scored 30 points a game, but they are not good enough to play that kind of basketball against better competition. But the, guy, the guys who are athletic and they play good defense and they know how to be useful without the ball and they are probably good cutters, they can dunk the ball, you know, when, the, when they go on a baseline cut, for example. That type of basketball, that type of role is always useful for a professional team. And they will always have a place in a good team in Europe, for example. But a player who needs to be ball dominant to be successful will not always have a place because because they will need to be extremely good in that not just good not just very good they will need they will need to be dominant against professional defenders in order for that to work and uh, the percentage of those successful uh, uh, transitions into a professional player who is dominant with the ball in Europe is just not that great, you know. Maybe they will play for teams that are close to relegation and they will have great stats, uh, but, you know, their teams will suffer because they probably do not play uh, defense that is good enough because because it was not asked from them to play defense in new basketball because they were so dominant in offense and they usually had players who played good defense so they covered for them in defense and that is just not the proper way to develop a young player and usually the result of that is the 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 so it's a so much it's so often that i hear uh players that i hear parents that i hear not as much scouts because scouts usually understand that but they understand that when it happens you know so when a player does not become a a professional basketball player or he's not as good as people thought he would be so it's usually, oh, but that player dominated that player who made it when they were the same age, you know. And I ask, why does that matter? You know, if a player who did not succeed as a professional player dominated against a player who is now a good professional basketball player when they were same age, why does it matter, you know? Probably... It's a good way for bragging when you're talking about maybe a potential girlfriend, when you're talking to your friends. And apart from that, you know, in realistic world, in basketball world, that just doesn't matter. And uh, most, most of the times, players are uh, too caught up in that. Uh, recently, I talked to a player who plays... 
uh, in under 16 level and he has some troubles in adjusting to a team that he uh, recently transferred to and it's a much better team and that team plays in much better competition that he is accustomed to and a lot of times he told me that you know he was the best player in his team and he was the best player in his league and how uh, how does he not have more playing time etc etc you know and usually uh, it's 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 a talk about players who were good you know or who were inferior to him or his teammates that he likes when they were younger but you know it, it really doesn't matter because it's all about the projection of a basketball player when he is 20 21 22 years old will he develop physically will he develop mentally and will he develop in terms of basketball skills and you have players who are late bloomers and you have players who uh, you know peak out early so that kind of talk is not important and it does not prove that you should play over somebody just because you scored 30 points on him when you were two years younger and i think that is probably because of the way i already told in the beginning the way the system works and the way everybody in the system thinks because nobody told those kids that okay of course you need to do your best and you need to try to win the game to win your matchup but it's not all about that you know that's just a part of becoming a player and that part is the smaller part the part that is not as significant as your training as your skills development as your way to become a professional basketball player and you know i usually have uh, these conversations with people who ask me you know uh, what is your projection on that player or that player or that player where will he end up and if i want to be honest every time i should answer i don't know not because i didn't watch that player not because i do not have my opinion it's because you know it's always so so hard to to give your projection i can give you what i think is the worst case scenario what is the best case scenario and what will probably happen but i cannot say that will happen you know at least not with a certainty that is above 90 percent because you never know what kind of things will happen in the life of the player uh, will he sustain uh, in, an injury that will damage his his uh, the way he plays basketball you know because it's not the same if an athletic player gets injured or a player who relies 
mostly on his skills because it's just not the same you know that's not uh, jumping leaping ability playing above the rim is not impo as important for a player who lives on that whose bread and butter is his athleticism and it's not the same as not as, sig as significant with a player who relies on ball handling shooting etc etc so you know it's always hard to do that and if you want to be honest you will give uh, your uh, profile you will uh, you will list the things you like the things you do not like the things uh, the player should work on the things the player uh, is already on uh, near the level uh, that is needed of him to be a professional basketball player and you will give your projection or probably uh, the, uh, the way he uh, the, the good player comparison comparison to a player who already plays professional basketball you know and that's the way I look at it that's uh, uh, that way is not flashy enough I guess it's not uh, good for tabloids you know because oh he he's the next magic johnson or he's the next hakim olajuwon i just do not believe in that i can say that he could be the bad the next you know whatever player you want to name if he does this that this that you know the whole list of things that player needs to do in order to maybe become the next you know player or he could also be the first of his name you know the, the player who will be uh, the player who uh, who is compared to young players who are uh, rising on draft boards or uh, you know prospects lists that is the way I look at it and it's always hard for me to to answer those type of questions because you know uh, I really love sports and I've been following sports ever since I was a little kid and there were too many cases when I saw players and it doesn't matter which sport is it you know sometimes it's football or maybe handball or water polo or it doesn't matter volleyball when a player was totally players who were underrated but in the process of their development they found the right system or something clicked in their head and they became great players not just good players not just professional players great players and there were a lot of cases when scouts or coaches said that this particular player will not be a player ever in professional sport and that player became a great player you know and because and there were also cases when everybody said this player is the next big thing in sport 
you know, doesn't matter which sport. And that player ended up as not playing professionally at all. There are a lot of those cases. And because of that, and because I follow sports a lot, I'm always cautious when I need to say that this player is either going to make it or this player is not going to make it. So I always like to give my assessment with, uh, with uh, room to say that if this happens, things could change. And if it doesn't happen, things could change, you know. So I look at that as the only way for, uh, for uh, someone to project a player in professional sports. And of, of course also, one of the most important things, but that goes for professional players also, is how do you want to use the player that we are scouting, you know? Because if you want to use that player in a role that he doesn't fit in, you know, because you probably do not know what are his skills, what are his best uh, qualities and what are his weaknesses, you will not use, use the player properly and all kinds of bad things will follow, you know, because I already written that somewhere, not sure where, but there are not a lot of players who have absolute value in basketball. I think in all other sports, but in basketball also. You know, there are that kind of players are very extremely rare. And even them, even they will not perform absolutely the same in every system. You know, the margin uh, for difference will be smaller and of or small but the difference will exist whether they play in triangle offense or pick and roll offense you know the things will change and their production will change the same goes for young players because you know they are developing and usually they are not mature enough to understand a lot of things you know they're just not socially mature even if they are mature in terms of basketball or skills development they are usually not psychologically socially mature and if they are put in a role that undervalues them or doesn't give them uh, the needed amount of confidence they will probably be unhappy and that unhappiness is not a problem at start but if that unhappiness goes for some time and it's two three four five six months it could lead to depression because a lot of those players are far from their homes you know if they are playing for uh, the best basketball teams in the country you know they are not at their homes, they are not amongst their families, they are not amongst their uh, 
friends and there is a fierce level of competition and of course players should be able to go through that but we are talking about the case when they are not used properly and their skills are not used in the way they should be so that leads to a lot of self-doubt and in that age when you are 17, 18, 19 years old that can really uh, kill your whole flow and usually the result is uh, devastating for career projection because it's very hard to go from there you know when you are a prospect who was considered to be good but then your performance uh, did not meet the expected level and you are not the one to blame because you were not used properly then what to do so that is also a very important thing and you need to ask okay what how do you see this player what do you want to do with him what do you want to expect of him if he's not a great three-point shooter or not even a good three-point shooter if you want to base your entire offense on three-point shooting that is not the guy for you you know because he does a lot of other things that you will not value because you are concentrated solely on let's say three-point shooting so that is a very important thing and that's why uh, the players and their advisors should be uh, educated in basketball or have educated consultants who will take care of that part of their careers because you know when things go south at that age most likely and the history has proven that in most cases uh, they will not become as good or they will maybe not even become uh, professional players at all so all of those things and many other things are very important for people to understand uh, the youth basketball and to understand that transition to professional basketball and I don't know how because I do not think that all of these things are complicated I think they are very simple and and I probably see why uh, uh, people who are too caught up in that do not see it because you know when you go for that for that daily grind you just forget a lot of things and you probably need someone uh, who who is uh, more objective and is not in that daily fight to see some things you know that's why uh, coaches in NFL have guys who are in the stands or uh, in the you know those boxes where they watch the game from the angle of let's say uh, a TV uh, spectator so uh, that angle is good for them to see something that the coach on the sideline cannot see and that is the same way I think of all of these things that I already said about youth basketball that transition the way people uh, 
look at it and fail to realize what is the most important thing because they are on the sideline and they probably cannot see something that is happening quite as well as the guy who is in the box and he is watching the game from the TV angle. So that is everything I had to say in this first episode of my podcast. I hope uh, you could understand everything I wanted to say. If you have any questions, of course, you can always ask them. You can follow me on Twitter. And that is all for this edition of One Man Slow Podcast. Goodbye.